0: So I'm currently on the phone with brand. He's another musician that reached out about the interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself.
1: Yes. My name is brand Merritt. I'm the lead singer and guitarist and bassist and keyboard and synth player
0: in the band known as sleep nation. Excellent. That's, uh, quite a, quite an array of, uh, instruments you're playing. Uh, go on. I'm sorry. Not at the same time.
1: (laughs) No, that's okay. I I, I was just going to, I was going to uh, add in that, uh, we, we are a two-piece, um, the rock and roll, uh, out-of-control dynamic duo, the drummer Joey Loretta is with me, and uh, well, he's not with me physically here, but uh, in the band Sleep Nation, we're just a two-piece, so when you see us live, you only see two people on stage, um, and it's been quoted, I didn't say this, but uh, it has been quoted that we uh, rival the sound of a full orchestra, Wow! but that's because the we of cheat. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because we cheat. Like backing tracks or something like Uh, that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We use, yeah. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. We use the, uh, you know, know, as many backing tracks as we like. But we we keep it, uh, you know, I I try not to use a whole lot of, like, uh, you know, all the vocals are fairly live. There may be a few, like, uh, call and response vocals that are just, you know, give me a little bit of air. But other than that, it's all, you know, all vocals are uh, live representation.
0: Sure. I don't necessarily think that that's cheating. I think there's a growing number of live acts that are doing things like that, if not having their entire instrumentation as backing tracks. I don't think that's cheating at all. You know, yeah, I think it's, I think it was kind of a stigma
1: maybe like 10 or 20 years ago, but it's growing out of that, especially with people realizing how accessible and easy it is to use back and tracks. And also, mm-hmm. uh, it's just more affordable for like a. Uh, touring band to throw a track in there for like an extra guitar that's really you know kind of buried in the mix
0: yeah especially you know if if it's difficult you know keeping your regular session musicians or even just regular you know band members on a on a similar schedule sometimes you know you can throw that backing track out for a show just to cover their part kind of thing i don't think that that's cheating at all
1: yeah i mean it's uh most of the, you know, like with us, the the important pieces are live. I mean, not like the the lead guitar and the vocals and and drums. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know the bass is important, but well, how we got to being a two piece is, and I'm I'm not trying to uh, take over a question, but I'm
0: going to go ahead and get into this if that's okay with you. Uh, well, let's um, okay, kind okay. Of, okay. let's I'll, let's I'll... step back. Okay, Sorry. so. I I always like to start these interviews kind of, um, you know, getting into where you found music. We kind of went off the rails there for a moment. Uh, that's fine. That's okay. Um, so tell me a bit about, uh, yourself, how you got into music, you know, uh, when you first encountered it, what about it, you know, inspired you and made you want to pursue a life with it?
1: So there was a local banjo player in my hometown and I saw him play the banjo and I was like, that's so cool. I want to, I want to do, like, I want to get on stage and do what he's doing. And so I took lessons at eight, eight years old to, to learn the banjo. And after six months, you know, I, I got where I could play some songs and, but I was, I was still pretty young. So I just couldn't. I didn't have the discipline to learn it. And also with the banjo, you can only play one style of music and that's bluegrass. Uh, and so, you know, fast forward, um, I'm 12 years old and my mother passes away with breast cancer and I start to find myself, uh, a, I, I need to find a way to, you um, you know, to like channel this, this pain and grief and loss that I'm feeling. And so whenever I was like 14, um, my dad always had an acoustic guitar sitting in our house because he took lessons. Um, but he just kind of picked around. And so I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to play a guitar. And I picked it up. And I got my da- my dad to show me a chord so I could play Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Sure. And, you know, he he kind of like started me off and then I just took with it and, ra- and ran with it. And, you know, started while I was learning to play guitar. I was also like teaching myself how to sing uh, at the same time and also try to write songs at the same time. So I, I was kind of like doing everything, you know songwriting singing and guitar playing like i was learning all the kind of basics all at the same time
0: okay so you were kind of um kind of doing it as a trial of fire like learning it all at once and then kind of figuring out where you're at you know after you felt Mm -hmm. comfortable with the instrumentation Mm -hmm. right so where did you kind of move from there once you Uh, got to the point where you were comfortable playing and writing and then performing all at the same time. Did you kind of conceptualize putting a band together or was it about, you know, writing an album? What was kind of, you know, your ambition at that point?
1: Um, Well, thankfully, uh, my, my youth minister at the time used to play in bands like when he was younger. And he was like, man, since you're learning to play guitar, like, let's uh let's jam so we went and got his like drums out of his grandmother's like attic or something and he, and we brought him over to a little space that I had to jam at my house and the first song we played was smells like teen spirit and it kind of got him so we, we took that little small like two piece project and we added a a bass player and um and a singer And we would just play like some fundraisers in the town and stuff like that. And that, that really, um, Steve, uh, was his name, Steve Hillis. And he, uh, he really kind of like showed me how to be disciplined with practice and like, you know, kind of picking songs out and learn them and just, just kind of like the the ropes of, you know, playing in a band and, and kind of, uh, You know, keeping everything together and um, just kind of the ropes of you know playing playing music in a band. And so I took that, and when I went to college, um, I met uh, Justin Swingler, and he had a punk. He was a huge Blink One Eighty Two fan at the time, and he played drums, and I played guitar, and so I played in his little like pop punk band for six months, and then I was like, man, I just can't. I was really into tool at the time and that was just not my, you know but I just wanted to play music. So I was like, Well, I kinda like Blink, but it's not really my, you know, like passion of type of music. Well, fast forward a couple years later, he calls me up and is like, Man, let's just start a project all our own and and do, you know, what we wanna do. And um he's like, Let's do kind of like an atmospheric, like U two type band. And at the time I was really into you too. So I said, let let's do it. And that, that project was called above and then above kind of translated into what I have now, which is sleep nation. And, and we were a three piece and then we ended up being a four piece and now we're and now we're a two piece. So,
0: okay. So, uh, tell me, you kind of went into a bit of how, uh, you know, Sleep Nation formed, but give me a little bit more detail about it. What exactly, you know, was the aspiration there? What was the goal for it? Um, how did you kind of approach the writing for it since you did want to kind of reach into, you know, a- as you put it, what you wanted to do?
1: So, yeah, yeah. Justin Swingler called me, um, you know, after we probably hadn't talked in like a couple of years to really um, like start just a different project. And it grew out of that, but we kind of got tired of playing the U2 type sound. So then we were like, let's just be a straight up rock band. And that's where Sleep Nation came into play. And also um, at the time, like MySpace was really big. So above, whenever you would research above in a Google, it was like impossible to find our band name. Mm. And so we're like, let's change the sound. Let's change the band name. So we came up with Sleep Nation. And um, unbeknownst to us, uh, Sleep Nation is also a mattress company. And so if you Google Sleep Nation right now, you will get us and a mattress company that will show up (laughs) in your Google searches. Um, We are not affiliated with uh, Sleep Nation, the mattress company, but it's also a lot easier to find us on Google when you search for Sleep Nation. Um, but yeah, after we, uh, you know, we started playing around town and, and writing her, and we were really focused on original music. And we got the opportunity to record our first album at Beach Creek Studios in Franklin, Tennessee, and which was a massive, like, we went from, you know, never recording anywhere to recording into like a multi million dollar studio. And that experience was kind of like spoiled us a little bit because, you know, when you go to like no recording experience at all to the one of like the top studios, you know, in Tennessee, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience, but you know, we haven't, uh, been in like a place like that in a long time, but, um, yeah, we, we wanted to take it as far as we could. And that, you know, we didn't really have like a, um, we all just wanted to like quote make it and get signed and all that kind of stuff. And we, and we really, I guess, kind of like tried for that with that first album. Um, but I believe that as time goes on and, you know, we all get, um, older and, kind of t- the band lineup has changed over the years. Um, especially like pre-COVID, we uh the guitar player and bass player dropped out. So Joey and I were like, what are we gonna do? And so that's when the backing tracks came in. And now I feel like that, you know, with the way that the landscape is, that, you know, success can be rated on a You know, you don't have to be like signed anymore or, you know, we just like, I I can't see myself doing anything else, you know, like playing music is what I do. You know, I I don't have to, um, I don't have to like be signed to a a label or like nobody's telling us, you know, like, Hey, you got to get this album out, you know, in six months. It's like, we're, we're working on an album, but you know, we do it at our own you know pace and
0: yeah to that point um in the industry today particularly you know with uh you know acts that aren't on that mainstream label circuit success is a very personal thing where you're literally empowered to define what your level of success means to you and you can uh, you can reach that very easily because of the way that the market is set up now
1: and 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 a friend told uh well a Guy, I work with he. He, uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of every once in a while I get a little, you know, a uh, little negative about stuff, and he was like, Man, look at it, dude. You there's stuff that you've done that like a lot of bands would wish they could do, you know. Like, we, we got the opportunity to play on, um, on a like local. TV in Nashville uh, a couple months ago and we got to play our new single Sophistication and an upcoming single uh, Cry Baby. And, you know, he was like, dude, like a lot of people wish they could do that. And, you know, you did it. And I was like, man, that's, you know, it's just kind of like how you change perspective. Like you said, with with today's music landscape, um, success is really
0: uh, moderated by, by you, you know, at the end of the day. So, uh it sounds like you guys are doing shows hence all the back and track discussion. And then it sounds like you're also in the process of writing material. Um where do you kind of want to see your project get to in the next, you know, 5 or 10 years?
1: Just have more albums on, you know, for streaming and um we we've had the opportunity to have uh some songs and some short films. And one uh one full length uh, film that was released I believe like two years ago is uh Potter's Ground. It was a horror film that was uh, directed by Michael Butts who directed our first two music videos. And so I-, I really enjoy like working on music that's included in like the bigger picture stuff, you know, like like a um, major motion picture or, um, you know, independent film, uh, it, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty awesome feeling sitting in a movie theater and then getting to hear, uh, a song that you created yourself, you know, in a room full of people watching a movie, you know, is the credit scroll.
0: Well, a- along those lines, you know, what are some of, you know, the powerful moments you've had in the music industry, you know, things that really kind of stuck with you?
1: Um, so speaking of that moment, to give you a little more details of that, uh, Michael Butts did a, um, a werewolf movie, and he rented out the entire theater and did a, a release day for that and did a special screening um, for that movie. And we wrote a song, uh, um, I'm a werewolf with That's Okay. Uh, we, we haven't officially released it, but it, it's, it's on YouTube. And it's also whenever you go and stream his um, short film, uh, "Hair of the Dog," um, you will be able to uh, to listen to that. And being in a theater filled, you know, with uh, at capacity, um, and like just like sitting there and everybody's listening to your song as the credit scroll is is a pretty amazing feeling. I feel like that, that that moment was was pretty awesome, and also getting to perform, um, on uh, on Nashville television, uh, that was like, you know, broadcast across the state was very awesome. I got that opportunity a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, that's that's very cool. Um, So where can people uh, find that stuff? Is there a recording of that performance uh, on YouTube or something? And then uh, where can people check out your social media?
1: So uh, like I said, if you just get into Google and search Sleep Nation, you'll be able to find us. But if it says like Sleep Nation and then, you know, there's like mattress stuff below it, that's not us. Um, But yeah. Like we should be with, with the first like couple, uh, you know, Google um, searches will pull up uh, Sleep Nation the band. So, yeah, that that's the easiest way to to find us. Um, that'll pull up all of our music on you know Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Amazon, however you want to stream us. Um, we we do sell uh, forty five uh, single um, vinyls at our shows and you know that's got videos we always uh, release videos on vivo we have a single coming out uh this friday um red guitar which is back to the future themed and uh we got the opportunity to have a delorean in that in that uh music video so we're excited about that
0: um. All right. And then I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their last word. Uh, so just a message that you feel you resonate with that you want to put out there.
1: I know whenever you like preempted me with this back when we first started, I was like, oh, man, I need like a good while to really come up with something <laughs> magical. But uh, I don't know. You know, like. Man, music is really the is like a savior man for for me especially because just like like i like i mentioned you know when i was 12 i lost my mother to cancer and i just didn't know what to do and how to, to to cope with that pain but man music really um if it wasn't for like bands you know like pink floyd and um you know, just like all my influences and you too, you know, you too, like Bono, he lost his mother at at 14. So I was like, you know, I've really, you know, whether you love or hate Bono, I mean, he's a great humanitarian and he allowed me is like, whenever I read that, you know, he kind of, you know, went through the same thing that I did and, and found his, you know, solace in music. I was like, man, that's, Music is a very powerful tool and, you know, don't underestimate how much um, healing it can do. I guess that's my last word on that.